Cybernoid, the fighting machine. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And that might be my favorite back of the box so far. <laughs> well, Joe, regardless of what this game is, Cybernoid, the fighting machine, whatever this game is, that is just a very 80s title. This, this could have been a movie, could have been a comic. They landed on a video game, but I'm all for Cybernoid, the fighting machine. You're all for the title or you're all for the game? Is this your essential games vote? I'm all for the title is what I'm saying. We're just talking titles here. I think Cybernoid, the fighting machine, right up there with Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, I think in terms of titles. Noid as like a suffix is just really good. Like paranoid, uh, Noid, yeah, annoyed. And the the fighting machine. This could be like about the first robot boxer that tries to take down like some elite Russian guy. Yeah, yeah. adding machine to the verb. Like, got, I mean, like anything that sounds like something my dad would say if I was doing something good. Like, oh, Joe, you're the homework machine right now. <laughs> Gotta add that to the to the title. My dad never called me the homework machine. By the way, you're a podcast machine, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Now, as for the video game, Cybernoid, the fighting machine, um, I'm sure that there is some kind of explanation on the back of the box or in the manual that explains the title or, you know, what you're doing. But I didn't think that this was going to be some kind of, like, action puzzle shmup game. Uh, You know, for whatever reason, I was expecting robots and I got, uh, uh, you know, like a sci-fi ship. Uh, going through like a containment area uh, where you basically shoot a bunch of enemies and also try to navigate your way around claustrophobic spaces. Am I doing a good job? No, yeah, you're doing pretty well. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would would consider it like, like if you wanted the the log line for this, like think um, Mega Man meets that helicopter flash game. That's the log line. Okay, that that's that's not terrible. I I think that yeah, this is definitely more a puzzler than anything else. And I know that like in the Wikipedia entry and and Mike just said it, uh, he said shmup and I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff thrown around and you shoot like you would a shmup, but like there's too much weird, yeah, claustrophobic navigation and almost lock and key like interaction with the environment that I can't call this a shmup. Yeah. I think, I think navigation plays so much more of a role in this, like precise navigation, uh, more of a role in this than like a shmup would shmup. A shmup is about like fast, like moving fast and, and taking out anything in your way and avoiding hits. This is like about figuring out where to go and like t- doing it in a technical way. There's no flow. Uh, it's very, you're going to be playing this very methodically. Right. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Air Fortress. Um, that that game obviously had like a much clearer objective in each stage and, and um, 
you know, maybe not, uh, maybe not so puzzly, but it reminds me of that in the way that like you're inside a, uh, you're inside of a space air. Uh, yeah. Um, you're like in the, it's like a giant space station, but it- yeah, space station. Right. And you're a ship inside of that trying to just basically, uh, take down enemies, not in the sense of to progress that just to kind of clear off the area in front of you to then solve, the, uh, you know, we're the, saying the heist portion of it, like right, yeah. right, <laughs> yeah. We keep saying puzzles, but it's more like uh, the puzzles are in the timing, right? Uh, it's more precision based than anything else. It's, I guess the only thing that's making me say puzzle in this is that. So, all right, you're you're kind of going through a labyrinth, and the schmutt portion is you have a never ending series of tiny what's it's coming at you they have to shoot or avoid but the the puzzling more so is there's going to be other non-moving hazards um that you have you have several different kinds of attack and these like non-moving hazards are only susceptible to one of those like there's your bombs and like the anything that's like circular is fine with bombs. And then there's the green, uh, and you can just shoot at those, but in anything that, like, you can't get, like, a horizontal edge on, you're gonna have to use your bouncer buddies. And then there's some other, like, weird, like, organic-looking stuff, and sometimes you can just blow those up by ramming your little circular mace thing at it or you're gonna need something else there's no real rules on that one the, the the whole idea of it being like some things require things that you have to choose to use <laughs> that that's very unclear but that's what i mean by puzzler yeah i i get what you're saying though you're right it is like some things have that shoot 'em up element where you just have to clear your way through the enemies in order to get through the area then there's other things where it's like, well, hold on a minute. It's not just about using your blaster. Now you have to think about which of your uh, power-ups is appropriate to take on the the enemy or object in your way here. And then the precision thing, more of the action element, is about like, okay, now you're in a very tight space and there's an enemy that you can't defeat. Like, no matter what you shoot at it, it won't uh, explode. So you have to be strategic about uh, you know, where you are inside this tight space so that you don't get hit by its um, its projectile. So you kind of come in, come out, come in, come out. That's where, like, the more precision-based uh, timing comes in. I feel like the game switches how it what it wants you to do very quickly that it's actually not jarring. It is, it is, um, it is presenting those ideas well enough that it's fun to switch between like, and now I'm shooting and I just got to take out everything. And, and now I'm trying to figure out like, well, how would I get between these two objects so that I can squeeze through the gate, right? And then it ends. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the mazes are, are small, I think, is what Sean's no, trying to what say. No, what I'm saying is that like th- there's all these things going on. Like it, it's introducing new uh, new. Uh, obstacles in your way um what i'm saying is that the game is incredibly short and and, like you get through three of these levels and then you get like a windscreen i did not get such windscreen i think getting the windscreen uh would be crazy uh but sean if you did it that'd be great (laughs) no i mean i 
I, I played through it and I, I wasn't good enough to get that. But then when I watched other people play this game, they got it after like three levels. Right, right. It's three levels. It's uh, a computer can do it in under seven minutes. And um, it's it's very simple maze structure once you get out of all of the unique elements that we just discussed in the first seven minutes here. However, um, I think what Joe is trying to imply is that... You know, this is a very tough game, despite only having three very short maps. So when you guys started talking about maps, I guess I was I was taking like what you were saying as levels as like screens. No, 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 no. Uh, whenever you get to a point that inexplicably references like uh, credits, yeah, yeah, okay, that that would be a level. But I thought those felt long. I did not realize there were only three of those, but because I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I got through it. Maybe I was on the third one, or I got through at least two of those. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got to the oh, third one, so too. so close to the yeah. end. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought I was still at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, so I guess in that in that sense, uh, it would be short. But yeah, I thought you were talking about like the, the screens. Because the other thing we didn't mention is that like each of these puzzles is locked to like one screen, and you get to the next spot, and you go to another screen. So like each screen feels like you have a second to... like stop and assess like what do i have to do here's all the things i could see everything that's going to come at me right now from this screen right which is what i was saying about how they how it switches between the type of thing you need to be doing whether it's shooting enemies solving puzzles or uh being quick with your with your timing and maneuvering i i guess i would just say that for me the actual frustration or not even frustration but the gameplay loop like the way it's designed is that yeah it's pretty short but you're going to be going through these stages a lot because you're going to be dying a lot because the uh, hit boxes or the new screen, like the way it shows you the new information isn't, um, you know, it isn't user friendly uh, by any means. I, I feel like a lot of this stuff kills you pretty quickly. Oh yeah. You learn from it. You learn from it, but that's the idea, right? Is that it's, it's kind of, it's short, but that's because it's tough. It's a very difficult, very difficult game, especially I, apparently towards the end when there are times where it's like there's so much happening on happening on screen that it's no longer like it's no longer about avoiding the 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 spots that will kill you. It's about finding the one or two spots that won't kill you. Like that's what I found, especially towards like yeah, like that second level. Where I was like, okay, there's there's a lot happening. I have to be like, I have to be like perfect here to get through. And then I realized after that uh, that I was on easy mode of three difficulty modes. So this game is not easy. <laughs> yeah, I was on easy mode too. But then it's also like, oh, when should I use the shield? Where I just say like, screw it, I'm not going right. to try and like learn this pattern. <laughs> but you only have so many shields. There's only two, yeah. So what do you think about that, though, in terms of a gameplay loop of uh, the way that it handles death and you just you're still remain on the same screen and you just immediately spawn back in? Uh, maybe there is sort of a uh, modern mobile equivalent of this where it feels very like, you know, the whole idea is that while it might be short, you're supposed to get better at that particular sequence. And then, yeah, eventually you will have to start over because you run out of. Uh, I forget if they call them lives or not, but you have to start over. But yeah, you get through all of that again, and then you reach that point that you no longer could do. It feels like uh, there was a lot of flash games on addictinggames.com that were kind of built off that same presence <laughs> of like 
twitch reactions and and moving very fast and and un- and once you got through it it was like great now you n- probably are going to get through that most times does this game have that same feeling does this game have that feeling of like well once i get through this section i'm going to be prepared to deal with it in the future or is it just a so tough that every time i get to that screen again i'm going to hate it i i don't really know how much of it is like, are you saying that people would replay the game in its entirety because they want to do better at it after they've beaten it? Or just for those who haven't beaten it yet, okay. is it so tough that they that it's unforgiving when you get back to that screen? You know, like, let's say you hated um, the, uh, what are those things? The red, they're like red spiny things that move up and down. Um they act like as the like an gates. elevator. Yeah. Yeah. They act as like an elevator to you that you have to like move between them. Uh, let's say that that timing for you was really hard because you, you couldn't, if you get just a little bit too close to these spinies, they'll count as part of the hitbox and you'll die. Is that something that like once you figure out the timing for it, it's now um, approachable every time? Or is it like, oh man, I hate when I have to get back to that area again? No, I, I, I wouldn't say that I have the muscle memory for it now. I think I got lucky, and I was able to get through it. But no, I don't think it's. But I like, think I mean like I don't golf. think I do either, <laughs> and I think I was pretty bad at this game overall. But I think that it was giving me that that vibe, which I can't even point a finger to another game that it's reminding me of. But that vibe of that kind of game where it's like. Oh my god, this is impossible. But then after a while, you're like, oh, I beat that part. Next part's impossible, but now I can beat that first part every time. Might take more than one time. Yeah. And, and I, f- yeah. And I feel like that was the vibe I got. Like that's what they're going for. And I'm, and I'm sure if you played it enough, um, you would get that. For me, <laughs> I didn't play it enough. So, but like, yeah, I was getting that feeling too, where it was like, you, you, it's it's there so you can feel your own improvement. The special weapons that they give you to deal with, uh, you know, whether they're designed to only be used in specific uh, cases or you can choose to use them, even if they don't necessarily solve the puzzle the intended way. Uh, you have bombs, genocides, shields, bouncers, and seekers. Genocides, a very interesting name for a power-up. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure uh, if the government approved that when they wrote that in, you know, as part of their... Uh, we're, you know, we we got missiles and we got genocides. You got what? Uh, but who who knows? Uh, but obviously the genocides one is like a, it's an extremely powerful weapon. It basically just, it just causes all the screen. enemy ships, yeah. yeah, to just blow up. Uh, bombs are like the the no, the default weaponry. There's there's a limited number of all these things too, which I guess is also important to know. But overall, like. There was an aha moment for me as someone who didn't play the manual that I could even rotate through these things. Uh, there's like one specific instance where I believe you need uh, the seekers, maybe. There's several specific instances where you need to use uh, like the bouncers or the bombs. Like you, you, you won't 
you won't complete these right. levels. Sorry, if you it's don't. it's yeah. the ba- it's the bouncers though early on where there's those green blocks in the first puzzle. Yeah. That, like and that's you can't the first shoot at instance. Yeah. Right. That's the first instance where it's like you need to use these other uh weapons. And I don't know, maybe they should have found like you know, I guess maybe there's just a problem with the game overall, but like it seems like for me, I was thinking more of these as like puzzle solving mechanics than I was like defensive mechanics yeah the only one that you're only going to be using in combat is the uh the the kill them all button um the rest of them i would just shoot at stuff and not waste my bouncers or missiles or bombs yeah and you uh because i need those for the puzzles and you can very easily soft lock yourself because of that there are things that you absolutely need and sometimes the only way to get them back is to die. So it feels, I don't know, it feels un- unfair a little bit because, like, I didn't know what I was going to need. And, like, maybe I, you know, I mean, I guess it's like, well, you, sh- you should use your resources and never miss a shot or else you're going to run out. Like, say, if you miss a shot and you got to use an extra one and later on you need that extra one, you just got to lose a life. Or if you're on one life left, just start the whole game over. Did the game expand on its puzzle mechanic ideas uh interestingly throughout the game like did they become more complex did they take the ideas that they introduced in level one map and then you know be like oh well by the time you get to level three it's like you're taking two things that you used to do separately now they're happening on the same screen a little bit did you see that i I, I know that like i mean i hated those elevator things you were talking about where you have to go between two deadly elevators <laughs> and if you touch either of them um you die as they're going up and down so you have to match their up and down as you're trying to like get through and that started then sometimes there'll be two of those in a row going like at opposite directions from each other and you gotta get through those and then sometimes there'd be those uh elevators but then there'd also be other obstacles in the way that you'd have to shoot out so you'd have to use whatever item it is to to destroy that obstacle while staying within those elevators and that's just one example of it's like okay i I, i've dealt with these before i've dealt with the other thing before so now i got to put them together and and it and it does up the challenge um a little bit coming off of battle of olympus that was a very story driven game and and had a large sense of adventure forget that this game could be short if you're perfect right like obviously like this was not a short game for me uh i was i wasn't even able to beat it but it was rather difficult for me the the sense of like you're that you're doing anything even like does it feel obviously like shmups don't necessarily feel like that in general anyway that they're telling some kind of story but it's interesting that at the end of the game you're greeted by like this woman who says well done cybernoid pilot you have defeated the baycors until the next time it's like does it feel like you've actually done anything to justify like for the most part you're just maneuvering around if anything it feels like i've escaped the Bay Corps. Yeah, there's also no... Like, they have not earned the weird <laughs> character design that they gave this this screen. I don't know who that's supposed to be. Um, because all, the only other reference to any story is just in the manual. So, otherwise, this is just a puzzle game. So, uh, it, it, it's, it feels entirely unearned. Yeah, I feel like it, it, it gives you the vibe of, like, um, <laughs> the vibe of escaping. Like you said, it gives me almost like a Metroid feel where, like, oh, I'm in this, like, I'm in this hostile, scary environment. I feel like they could have gone with that 
and it would have felt a little more earned just because that's what the the tone says about it, even without any story. But then to try and kind of insert this other like feeling like that there was this other story going on, yeah, felt a little off. Yeah, I mean the the coolest part presentationally about the game is the starting screen with your uh your ship and showing you like all the the tools you have and the blueprints of it and it has that classified and a border and everything like that doesn't mean anything it's not like you can choose a loadout or something but that's the that's the cool screen to me and that's great because it's screen one so it kind of makes you excited to be this ship and then i guess i just wasn't expecting uh what what came next based on just how i've been trained uh to play nes games over the last uh 200 episodes this was uh this was surprising this kind of game should they have went like more extreme in either direction like should this have been a little more open and shmup like or maybe forget all of the shooting and just make it a defensive puzzle solving game in a spaceship i don't know they didn't do that so it's hard to say uh but i feel like this this mix of three genres really is uh is the confusing part of the game for me I think if there was, like, if this game had a story that wasn't just the end screen and, like, there were missions, this was, like, split up in missions and there was a little bit of, like, a, uh, some context behind each mission and maybe it wasn't just the same, like, weird pink, like, meat moss, uh, as, like, the, the background of each and maybe that that weirdly designed lady was giving you like some story beats i think that like it i could have done more with this like i could have actually been engaged more uh but as it stands now like no i see i don't know that i would need like more like story like in that sense quote unquote but for me it feels like there's something really cool here about the way that this game like about this type of gameplay that I feel like we haven't really seen this type of thing so much before. Um, I just, I would want them to like, uh, I don't know, more intentionally design the, the progress, you know, I want to learn about a thing and then feel it get a little more complex and then like learn about a new thing. (laughs) You know, I feel like it's kind of random, the randomness that, that throws me off a little bit where it's like if it if it felt like it was like teaching me as I'm going and like it felt like okay this is really progressing consistently it is in fire of difficulty i think that would help it like i i don't even i could be engaged in something like this because i'm always like well what's the next challenge going to be i mean obviously i like a good story too but like i just think that the the idea of this type of game is is cool in theory so i think that you can like keep people engaged without it you know how we joke about victor victor kai being just one guy yeah like just victor uh this game really was one guy uh rafael checo uh programmed the entire game just not the nes version oh uh yeah he programmed the original computer version and then uh acclaim uh brought it on to the nes and hired studio 12 productions to handle uh the port of it and i guess like you know update the the graphics obviously to be much improved from uh rafael's original uh prototype but interesting that the seems kind of game is like 
Yeah, well, I guess, like, you know, Raphael <laughs> must have signed off on it, right? Being like, cool, like, you're going to pay me how much money for my game? Like, go for it. Uh, you know, probably didn't want to then, like, learn assembly and figure out how to make it on the NES. Just funny that this is one of those examples of a game that was a one-man band back then. Like, it's it's interesting now when we still have indie games that are like, uh, you know, Stardew Valley, where it's like one guy just doing it all. It's like, that's, that doesn't seem possible. Well, I think back then, too, it was like, oh, the guy made Stardew Valley and also Unity. So, I mean... Right, right, right. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it's also like, even though it's much less impressive of a game by today's standards, it's pretty impressive that one guy managed to program a game that became such a big hit on computers that uh, Acclaim was like, yeah, we want this on the NES. Yeah, it definitely makes it a lot more impressive knowing that one one guy made this. Like, Yeah. Good job, Raphael. Yeah, no, no disrespect with my negative comments, Raph. Raph. Yeah, I guess. For... <laughs> <laughs> As I call him by like a nickname he didn't ask me to call him by. <laughs> yeah. To Sean's point, though, what does it feel like when you program an entire game by yourself for the ZX Spectrum, and then they bring in an entire team of people to put it on the NES? Like, like that oh, must we, feel. We got that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that must feel like pretty good though too. That you know you were like, oh, I did this all by myself, and now you need an entire team and a publisher and some marketers. Like you guys need all this. I was able to do this on my own. Like, or maybe it was more insidious, and he had sold him the rights, but he made a little thing in the contract that it was like, but I'm not gonna help you port it. And then he was laughing at them very rudely. As he left the office, and they were just like, "What are we gonna do? Like, we got we got to hire somebody." And that's how the game was. Yeah, made. they they hired like a ragtag team of like the world's most like scrappy developers, and they had to learn to get along. They all smoke. From that point on, he was known as Cyber Mock Rider. Lately, we haven't had many uh, sequels and spinoffs. But this one has a spinoff, a uh, sequel rather, not a spinoff, sorry. I, I screwed up the one thing that maybe I could have gotten right, but I didn't do it. Uh, it is Cybernoid 2, The Revenge. Was just, enough damage done in this game to, yeah, <laughs> was enough damage done to justify any revenge? Is it like all of these enemies flying through you as a ship now and all your <laughs> obstacles? Right, they're, they're like yeah. bacteria. <laughs> Wow, that sounds fun. It's the exact same game with updated graphics. Oh. Uh, it's, I mean, like, the, when I say the exact same game, I don't mean that, uh, that it's the same game, like, with updated graphics. <laughs> I mean, it's the same kind of uh, gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> know mean it's saying, the same Joe. game when you say it's the same game. Right. I meant it's the same it's gameplay. Yeah, they haven't changed anything gotcha. else. New environments. Cybernoid 2, The Revenge, are they revenging Joe's brother? Oh, about time. <laughs> I played that game, by the way. I should talk about it one day. Not now, not though, now. please. Yeah, not now. Also, <laughs> interesting that this points out that Cybernoid, the fighting machine, is not like... that's that was, this, that was the subtitle, you know, the fighting machine. And now it's not like Cybernoid, the fighting machine 2, The Revenge. It's just... Like, Cybernoid is the title. That is the, you are the Cybernoid ship. And this one was called The Fighting Machine. All right. 
But before we move on to the essential games list, can I just pose a question? You may not know the answer, but you've got some info. So maybe you Yeah, do. go for it. Um, did they just neglect to remove the, like, was, was this like an arcade thing where there were credits? Did you ever no get credits. extra credits? Or is it just like a, a vestige of a, of a, re- of a, of an earlier version of the game that it's even referencing credits? Why is there <laughs> a thing that says that you don't get additional credits? Great question. Don't know the answer. Great. Maybe it's just oh, to, that's a question for the audience. It's just to make you realize, like, it's to make you feel the hopelessness of this game. Like, ah, oh, you still didn't really uh, get it, do that well. <laughs> There's no way you can. Sorry. Well, I have a question for you guys. Uh, which, what is your favorite music track in this? Uh, is it the one that goes <laughs> over and over and over again? Or is it the one that's a music track? Oh, I like the music probably better. Me too. Joe, you don't know how lucky these people are, okay? The ZX Spectrum one didn't have music. I would take that. So this is a a major upgrade. Because, I mean, unless I did something wrong here, you start the game and the whole time when it's paused, when it's not paused, when you're shooting, when anything's happening, nothing makes any noise and it just goes constantly. Then... Halfway through the game, I realize you can pause it and press B, and then a music track will play instead. Okay, all right, this is the difference here. Now, there is a hi-fi version that just does away with music. This is via the manual for, like, higher fidelity sounds. And then there is a music version with, you know, bleeps and bloops, I imagine. But I don't think I ever changed it. Uh, So, I guess you found the button. So, is the... Is the wooing one the the whooshing whatever that's you call high it? that's high five? Yeah. I don't remember there even being like much sound other than that. That f- I'm sure there's like sounds for explosions. Like I'm not. We could fight about <laughs> the music and audio all day, but I think everybody <laughs> thinks it's about time for the essential games list. Sean, your vote. All right, I'm going to use the rest of my time to talk about the sound effects because I was very rudely interrupted uh, by Mike. Um, so, like, I think the voop voop is, like, what it would sound like if you were in this weird, like, space base. Uh, and music is if you, like, you, you can't handle that kind of realism. Um, that being said, it's a really weird game. It's a unique game. I, you know... I appreciate unique and some of the like the, the the powers that you use I thought they were very cool the way that they were used but also not the not not like not like crazy cool like only like kind of cool. So this is not an essential game. It's actually very strange. Like I don't I don't know how this got on the NES. <laughs> so um that that's me. Joe yeah, like I said, I think that uh, there's something neat here about about this idea. Uh, it's yeah, it's a very like basic and crude version of that idea that it almost feels like it's just like a concept right now, or it's like a, it's like a proof of concept rather. So, no, not essential. Sorry, this is a little awkward because I kind of accidentally in the middle of this episode just gave my essential vote to like what I thought they could have done better. So, no, not essential. 
All right. Uh, and I agree that the idea is really fun and kind of reminds me of Air Fortress. So go play Air Fortress. It's a better game. Uh, this is a little too tough and a little too short. So it is what it is. And that's that. <laughs> without Mike. This is Sean. And I'm Joe. Thanks for being here today, Sean. Thank you for being here, Joe. It's you know it's it's pretty rare that we get to that we get to really like shoot the breeze and be without Mike. Yeah. We, never. Mike doesn't let us because he's afraid we'll become too close of friends and then he won't That's be true. each of our best friend. <laughs> That's true. And he thinks that like if we if we were to do this too often, then we might steal the show from him. Right. And we can't have that. Yeah. And like he's he's upset that like we have our own Patreon for Mike's Without Mike. We have our own Discord. <laughs> uh we do Mike's Without Mike bites. Yeah. We talk about other foreign mics. No no no. It's that, that that you don't remember this? This was our, our food review blog. Oh, that's right. I did for, I forgot about that. We'll have to come yeah, up with another name for the I mean, foreign mic review. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's called Mike's the question mark. <laughs> yes, but you don't pronounce yeah. the question mark. You just yeah, it's like an upside down question yes. mark there. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm workshopping a, a third podcast about Joe's without Joe, and it's just me. Oh my god! And I just talk about coffee, and it's like, you know, cup of joe. Interesting, and I don't get any. You don't get any I coffee, I like it. Can no. I be a part of it? Um, That kind of defeats the purpose of the title. Uh, well, we could call it something else, then. Mike's without Mike. With coffee. <laughs> With coffee. <laughs> um, well, all right. Was, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Oh, what? Who? <laughs>